So, uh, so yesterday, I asked my family, it had been kind of a crazy week, I'm like, hey, who wants to preach on fig trees tomorrow? I do this occasionally. Uh, Cheryl said she wouldn't preach on fig trees, but she'd preach on oak trees. I was like, I, I don't know, there's a lot there in the Bible on oak trees, so uh, maybe not. Noah was actually happy to step in and pre- he's like, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, he said, I- I'm just going to let everybody know that, uh, that fig trees produce figs, which have seeds, which if you plant them produce fig trees, which make figs, which plant seeds. And, and I honestly think that if I'd have put him up here, he'd have just done that for 20 minutes. So, uh, so to spare you, here I am today. Um, and in all honesty, I'm kind of bummed uh, because uh, this is the last Sunday in our Trees and Gardens series. And I hope it has poured through the messages this month. But, but I have to say, I, I've been just enriched by the reading and the, and the learning that uh, uh, the study that I've done in, in preparing for the messages this month. I f- just feel like there's so much in these images in the Bible and at the heart of that, my, my prayer is that some of the things that we have learned this, this month together will just will stick with us. I hope that when you, you know, pick up that glass of wine and, and take a sip, I mean grape juice, of course, that, you'll, uh, that you might just pause for a moment and ask the question, you know, am, am, I, am I grafting Jesus onto my life and trying to fit Jesus into the, the you know, few empty places I have in my life, or... Am I grafting my life, centering all of my life in Jesus? When you walk through a beautiful garden, you'll just pause and remember that it's, it's in gardens where we're reminded, not my will but yours be done, and we're reminded of, of God's will for us. We're reminded that Jesus is with us, and we're reminded by gardens of this promise of restoration and resurrection. And my hope is that when you when you walk by your favorite tree or maybe when you sit under your favorite tree, you'll just, you'll just pause for a moment and, and offer this prayer, Jesus, let my life be rooted in you. So today we come to the end of the series and we're going to look at the fig tree today. Who, uh, who knows where the fig tree first appears in the Bible? Anybody know? For, uh, for one very short moment, I uh, thought about grabbing your full attention today by coming out with an outfit made just from fig leaves, as, uh, as you can see with the skit guys here. Uh, in Genesis 3, the, uh, the fig tree appears, and Adam and Eve, right, they take leaves of the fig tree to cover themselves, to cover up their nakedness. Well, as I thought of that in that brief moment of crazy thinking, I also remembered uh, not that many years ago, I was the video DJ um, for a nationally recognized speaker who was preaching to, uh, speaking to clergy. And uh, if you don't know what a video DJ is, it's kind of like a music DJ, only it's video. And while someone is speaking, the video DJ pulls up images, live images, to kind of match their message. And it's just sort of this, this random flow. Well, this, this speaker, usually when he, he had his own video DJ, but I was helping him with tech, and he didn't have somebody with him. And so he's like, all you have to do is like, Google things I'm talking about and throw images up there. Like, well, that's not so hard. So he starts preaching, and I don't remember what he shared first, but he shared something, and I Googled it and threw an image or two up. And then right, all this is happening live in front of the audience. And, uh, and then he started talking about the creation story and Adam and Eve. And so I Googled Adam and Eve. And right, it's happening live, remember, in front of everyone. Uh, do not Google Adam and Eve. 
without putting Bible in your search because, well, just don't do it. <laughs> particularly don't do it in front of a live audience. Uh, particularly don't do it in a live audience of your clergy peers who all turn around to go, who's doing that? And putting those images on the screen. Anyway, as those thoughts ran through my head, I realized no nakedness and fig leaves today. Let's get to fig trees, right? What do we know beyond Adam and Eve about fig trees in the Bible? What does the Bible say? And as we're asking, like, what might we learn today? Let's pray. Dear God, may these words and all of our thoughts focus us on your way on this day. And God, in these moments, may our hearts be filled to overflowing with your love. May we emerge from this time and this place and this, this space as a light to your world. Amen. Do, uh, do any of you know the, the poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling? If, uh, if you'd like to read the whole poem, we're just going to look at the very beginning today. If you'd like to read the whole poem, this is something you can Google. Google If by Rudyard Kipling, and you can, you can see the whole poem. But I, I want to invite us just to hear these first few lines right at the start. It says, if you can keep your head about you, when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. So this poem by Kipling, it's, a, it's really a call to live the best life, to, to be a good person. And in Kipling's case, it's, it's male-centered, but to be a, a good man. I've been thinking a, a lot lately about, about good people, good leaders, good mentors, just good people. And history and time, it, it'll tell us about the, the leadership and the goodness of of those of us living in these times today, but I, I'm struck by this observation, right? The leaders and the, the mentors, the people we often, we often revere and respect and remember, for the most part, they're not defined by what they do in times of prosperity and goodness, right? They are, they are remembered and defined by how they lived in times of struggle, We revere the, the people who've had the greatest impact in our lives because they've called us to live into our better selves in the midst of adversity and, and struggle and difficult times of challenge, adversity. We admire them because they, they didn't hide. They didn't give up. They didn't run from relationships. They didn't lash out. They didn't turn in on themselves. They didn't give up on on communities, right? They, they led, they lead, and respond with kindness and goodness and, and patience and self-control, fruits that we want to see in ourselves. Right? Again, they, they call us to be the best version of ourselves. 
And because of that, their lives often continue to bear fruit in the communities that they led or when it's personal in in our own lives. Which leads to a question worth pondering, I think. Will our lives bear fruit in these times and for the future of our communities? How will your life, how will will my life bear fruit? And these questions can lead us right to the fig tree and the stories of the fig tree in the Bible. In uh, In the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, there's a a curious story about Jesus cursing a fig tree. Anybody know this story? Right? Jesus is walking along with his disciples, his followers, and, uh, and he sees this fig tree that doesn't have any fruit. And so he curses it. He says, no fruit will ever come from you again. Okay, that's not Jesus' voice. That's my really lousy impersonation. But Right? He, he curses this fig tree. And, and it's kind of strange, isn't it? This curse. Like, it just, when I've read this story, it just feels sort of strange. It's hard to picture Jesus or just cursing and killing this tree. And the strangeness, it gets even, even more so in Mark, because in Mark's gospel, it says, it adds this funny line it says, it wasn't fruit bearing season. It's like, wait, what? So. So Jesus curses this tree for not bearing fruit when it isn't even fruit-bearing season. How do we deal with this? I mean, maybe the message is if Jesus comes and asks you for some fruit, have some, even if it's out of season. Like, how do, what, what do we do with this story? And I often think when, it's, when we have those kinds of questions, when we're struggling with a story, it's it's such a great invitation in the Bible. Dig a little deeper. Ask some questions. If you don't know the answers yourself, get a commentary or, or ask a pastor or ask a, some spiritual friends to gather in conversation because often, so often, when we have these kinds of questions, there's more there. If We'll just dig for it. So, for, for instance, fig trees. Um, fig trees, when they're out of season, um, they still have these little growths on them where the, where the fruit will appear. These, these little growths, even when they're out of season, you can see where there's going to be fruit. So it's very possible that Jesus saw this tree from a distance, as everybody else did, and said, oh, it's green, it's, it's fine, it's, it's growing, it, it looked good on the outside, but Jesus could see underneath and realize that, that it didn't have those little growths. It was dead inside, even though it, it looked, looked normal on the, on the outside. Now, add to this, in Mark's gospel, the story of the fig tree, it's actually in two parts, and it has a story in between. So Jesus is walking along with his followers, and they come upon this fig tree, and it's fruitless, and Jesus curses it. And then, Jesus goes to the temple. And at the temple, Jesus turns over the tables, and he cleanses it of the of the power brokers, of the money changers, all of those who have power and influence, he he drives them out of of the temple. 
And then he exits the cities with his followers by the same path, and they pass back by this fig tree. And his followers see the tree. It's now withered, and they're like, look, the tree has, has withered. And Jesus says to them, have faith in God. He says if they have faith, they can ask God to cast a mountain into the sea. Which is a fascinating statement when Jesus has just been on a mountain, the Temple Mount, casting out. Casting out those that would profane his name or not live as God's people. Those who would take advantage of others. When we see the location of these stories, we can miss this because we don't know, but, but the people in Jesus' time, they would have known that the fig tree has been a symbol of God's people for a long, long time, going all the way back into the stories of the Old Testament. Amos and Jeremiah, the, the prophets, they, they used the fig tree and, and figs to talk about the faithfulness or lack thereof of, of God's people. Now, here in this in the story of Jesus, the tree appears again, this time with, with no fruit. Just as Jesus is going to go into a temple and find that God's people aren't fruitful. Just as Jesus is going to go into the midst of God's people and see that they're, they're only concerned about their own social circles. Their own dinner parties. They're only concerned about political influence and and their economic status. They've stopped caring for, for others or even seeing those beyond their walls. Right? The people of God are so wrapped up in themselves in the time of Jesus that they've forgotten God's call to care for the world around them. Instead, right, they're, they're wielding their faith like judges. Deciding who's in and, and who's out. For those that in, taking advantage of anybody who's not in those inner circles. But notice one more thing about this account of the fig tree in Matthew and Mark's gospel. Right? Notice where Jesus shares this image. He doesn't curse the fig tree in front of those power brokers in front of the Pharisees and the, and the priests and the scribes. He, he curses the fig tree in the presence of his followers, of the disciples. Right, this fig tree, it's, it's not a lesson in judgment for, for those who are in power. It's a lesson for his disciples, for his followers, which might offer us a warning Right, this teaching of Jesus, as tempting as it may be, is not for us to sit and judge who is fruitful and unfruitful. Right, that job belongs to God and belongs to Jesus. This parable, this teaching, at its heart, it isn't judgment. It's an invitation. This teaching around the fig tree, it's an invitation to those who follow Jesus don't become like those who only look out for themselves and thus stop bearing fruit. Don't become like those who, who no longer care, who no longer have hope, 
Don't become like those who take advantage of others, who are so wrapped in, up in what's in it for them that they forget to share from their abundance. Don't become like them. Don't stop bearing fruit, growing out into the world. And now, we might notice that this story is in Matthew and Mark's gospel. There's actually a similar story in John's gospel. And, and then you might wonder, well, wait, Brian, there are four gospels. You've left out Luke. Doesn't Luke's gospel share some of the same stories? And, and yes, Luke's gospel does. But when Luke talks about the fig tree and Jesus is teaching, his story is a little bit different Perhaps a, a memory of some other things Jesus said or, or a different encounter or different teaching. Here is Luke's account in, uh, in Luke chapter 13. It says, Then he, Jesus, told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard. For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Right? In this case, the fig tree has had its issues. It isn't bearing any fruit. But now, now there's a gardener. Now there's a gardener who's willing to tend to it, to feed it, to support it, to give it what it needs to grow and bear fruit again. There is hope. Then, in Luke 19, the fig tree appears again. And we easily miss this connection of the fig tree stories in Luke because this story is about a tax collector, a man named Zacchaeus. How many of you know the story of Zacchaeus? Yeah, how many of you have sung the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he, and he climbed up what? A sycamore tree, only don't miss this. Does anybody know what kind of tree a sycamore is? Want to take a guess? It's a sycamore fig tree. The sycamore is a variation of the fig tree. Right? And so, why does Zacchaeus climb the tree? Because he wants to see Jesus. Why does he want to see Jesus? Because he's looking for something in his life. Right? Zacchaeus, he wants to be a better person. He's looking He's looking for something more in his life, more fruit perhaps in his life. So he climbs up this sycamore fig tree. And Jesus is passing by and he looks up at this fig tree. He looks up at this fig tree and he finds fruit. Not in the form of who we may think, not a devout religious leader, not a Pharisee, but in the life of a tax collector. Jesus, the gardener, right? He comes along and he sees that a tree once barren can still bear fruit. 
And he invites Zacchaeus, who in the presence of Jesus is going is to pledge to be honest and faithful and to use his blessings to, to serve and, and bless and help others. From this sycamore fig tree, Jesus picks fruit, invites Zacchaeus into the community of God's people. You see, the stories of the fig tree in the Bible, they have a warning. I think an important warning. They remind us that, that green leaves and a, and a pretty front, these aren't sign of a fruit on a tree. Our world, right, it's, it's full of fruitlessness, hatred and unhappiness and war and impatience and unkindness and evil and faithlessness and violence and self-centeredness. It's, it's full of all those things. Too much of it disguised as, as green leaves, even among church folk, I'm afraid. Too many who say they love, but but make that love conditional. Too many who, who call others to task while ignoring the sin in their own lives. Too many, too many who think that, that the church and the world is about their needs. Too many who show up to worship even on Sundays, but live the other six days without the patience and the, and the kindness and the goodness that Jesus teaches. There's a warning it's a warning about being fruitless. But next to that warning is a powerful invitation that it's never too late to bear fruit in one's life. A vital invitation. These stories of the fig tree, they invite us to, to look to Jesus and his teachings to experience a fruitful life. Do you want more love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control in your life, most of us would say, yeah, we want, we want more of that in our lives. Do you want to keep your head about you when all others are losing theirs? Do you want to keep from giving in to the hates? Do you want to keep from, from buying in to the lies? The stories of the fig say, start by getting to a place where you can see Jesus in your life. Someone asked me recently, how do I know if what I am doing is about my faith and about God or if, it's, or if it's just about me? And I love that question. As a pastor, you get asked that sometimes. And, and I will often say the fact that you are wrestling with that question means that it's probably more likely about God. The very wrestling with that question about whether what I'm about to do is about God and my faith or whether it's about me. Very wrestling with that question is an act of faith in itself. And the, the answer isn't simple, right? It's, it's often and, and can be nearly impossible to get our own needs and our own wants and our own desires out of our, out of our thought and our day-to-day -day living. But the lesson of the fig tree, I think, helps us, helps us answer this question about how do I live a life centered in Jesus? How do I live a fruitful life? And it teaches us this, when searching for direction in our lives, in each and any, in any given moment, just ask the question, will this produce fruit? Not whether it looks good, 
But will what I am doing offer more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control into the world? Or is it for, for me or for appearances or I'm doing this because that's what the world wants? Am I doing this to follow Jesus, to glorify God, to offer more love and hope and joy and peace? Will this produce fruit? The story from the fig tree is an invitation to us today to answer, how will, how will my life, how will your life, our lives, how will they bear fruit in these topsy-turvy times? Will we climb the tree and, and look for Jesus? Will we ask ourselves each day, how am I bearing fruit? And in each decision, will this produce fruit? Amen.